Hi moms, if you're looking to sell your engagement jewelry, Worthy is the perfect option. With over 45,000 satisfied customers, Worthy is the most trusted name in the business. Would I bring you anything less? Worthy offers competitive auctions and gets you the best deal possible on your jewelry. Plus, I've connected with Worthy on a special bonus offer for the Moms Moving On community. A $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from that engagement ring? Get started today at worthy.com slash moms. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. This week on Moms Moving On. When do we introduce the kids? I do think we tend to introduce sooner when the kids are really young, true or false. I would completely agree with that. Yeah. Because I feel like, like we've talked about you, like I wanted to know that like, this person is gonna understand like my lifestyle. Like my kids are always gonna come first and like what it's like to be with someone that has a toddler and a kindergartner. Like that is important to me that they kind of saw that dynamic from the beginning that we get into this deep relationship and then it's like, whoa, like pump the brakes. Kids aren't for me. You've made Moms Moving On your number one podcast for co-parenting and divorce. Now it's time to get a little unfiltered. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm her co-host, Jess. And together, we're getting really real about all that happens after a mom has moved on. From dating after divorce to blending families, we're covering it all and everything in between. We hope you enjoy this unfiltered version of Moms Moving On. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm back with my lead coach and number one right-hand lady in the Moms Moving On world, Jess Evans. And we are continuing with our series of talking all about moving on after divorce into a new relationship. How do you do it? How do you find the person? How do you introduce them to your kids? How do you tell your ex-spouse? Oh my God, so many things. And you know what? Even just saying that, Jess, we've done all of those things and I'm Mm -hmm. proud of us. I would agree, but it was like nerve wracking and no one gave me like any tools leading up to it, like how to approach it, especially when it comes to telling your ex. Well, same, (laughs) so much same, but for anybody who's just joining into this series for the first time, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, of course. So my name is Jess. Um, I'm a co-parenting mom of two. I have a almost 10-year-old son named Holden and a seven-year-old daughter named Sawyer. Um, And I am in a relationship post-divorce, which was scary, you know, to get back into the dating world after being married for over 10 years. But I'm here um, and figuring it out as I go. Well, yeah, but you're doing it really well, which is why you are our lead coach here over at Moms Moving On, because your insight and your experience coupled with the fact that you are a really conscious, high road taking co-parenting mom makes such a big difference. And and, And this is what people don't realize. I think when you are going to introduce somebody new to your kids, if you have that secure attachment with them, like I know you have with yours and Mm -hmm. I have with Bella, it's not going to be as detrimental and scary to them as you might think. It's when they don't feel that safe connection that they will spiral and freak out. That being said, kids are going to have a reaction to this regardless, right? right? Like 
I don't know. Tell me in your experience how that went. Yeah. I mean, my kids were relatively young when they met my new significant other. Um, And so I think that helped. Like, it wasn't like I was dealing with like a preteen or a teen that had like a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions towards things. Like they were so young and we started things so slow that it was just like, here's my friend in a sense, you know, Mm -hmm. like then you can understand like a boyfriend, girlfriend dynamic at, you know, almost three and five, like how, how do they understand that? So it's like, here's my friend, like, you know, and then it just kind of like turned into more, um, like as, you know, months and eventually years went on that they got more and more comfortable and realized like, this is, you know, mom's new partner, but I made it so such a point to them in the, even in the beginning, you know, that like your dad is still always going to be your dad, regardless of there's another man in my life. Like dad is always dad. Yeah. That's so important. I feel like, you know, for those who don't know the statistics of divorce in second marriages is a lot higher than in first. It's about 65% versus the 50% in first marriages. And the reason for that is because of issues with the kids, you know, in, in blended families, there's, you got to do a very tricky dance of making it all work where the kids feel comfortable and the new partner feels comfortable and everybody's sort of happy and on the same playing field and nobody's like fighting for attention. It's tough. And so in my experience, Bella was two Mm -hmm. when I started dating my now husband and I, you know, my... I would, I would have handled, I would handle it a lot differently now if I were doing this all over again, even with a two-year-old, because yeah, she didn't know which end was up, but she did know there was somebody new there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, mommy's friend, but mommy's friend, once we introduced her to him was around a lot. Um, Not all the time, but he definitely started to become a fixture. And I think I took for granted her age and, and just because she couldn't understand the relationship that it might not affect her. So we should talk about a little bit about the effect of new relationships on kids at every age. Um, like you said, if they're older, they're going to have a much bigger reaction, but I think for younger kids who are adjusting to life post-separation that what you did is huge is reminding them that just because this person is here and is the same gender as your other parent doesn't mean that they take their place. Right. And I think sometimes kids at that age where they may not quite understand what's going on, they can also kind of form their own narrative in a sense of like, they're living in like almost like a fantasy world in ways, especially like, you know, for my daughter, like she didn't really know her dad and I together for that long. So in her mind, this new guy in my life could be like, well, this is like my new dad at mom's house, like something like that, like that I didn't want her to have yeah. that, you know, take that, you know, imagination and run with it, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing with that is, so when you meet somebody and you you really hate your ex or you're really mad at your ex and your kids take so well to the new person, as the adult, you also live in that fantasy of like, oh my God, we're going to play house and this is going to be great. But you have to be cognizant of the fact that like your children also may really be taking to this person because they're trying to please you. Exactly. And then if you start sending the message that like, yes, 
this person can play your dad or mom or whatever yeah. it's going to be. You're also the underlying message there is that your other parent isn't good enough and that you have to right. be so careful with that. I agree. All right. So when do we introduce the kids? I do think we tend to introduce sooner when the kids are really young, true or false. I would completely agree with that. Yeah. Because I feel like, like we've talked about you, like I wanted to know that like this person is going to understand like my lifestyle. Like my kids are always going to come first and like what it's like to be with someone that has a toddler and a kindergartner. Like that is important to me that they kind of saw that dynamic from the beginning that, that we get into this deep relationship and then it's like, whoa, like pump the brakes. Kids aren't for me. Yeah. Well, that was important to me too. I think, and I talk about this a lot. So when I met Spencer and I knew that his daughter was 10, she was, you know, at 10 years old, kids are like mostly independent. Right. And here was mine in diapers, you know, crawling back into my uterus at all times of day, throwing things, spilling things. Like it was going to be a very different experience for him than from what he was used to. Because I remember him saying, even when I met him, like, I don't even remember the toddler years. It was such a blur. And I'm like, oh God. So I lived in this fear of like, he's not going to want to handle this. He's going to leave me. And so for me, it was so important to see that he would relate well to her and that someone would love my child just as much as I did. Cause I never wanted either one of us to feel like a burden. So I did introduce early. That doesn't mean we like, all started having family time. Exactly. Right. Right. No, I think like easing into it is so important at any age, you know, toddlers, you know, school age kids, middle school, teen, just really like kind of almost like letting your kids take the lead in a sense of like what they're comfortable with through all of this. And like, even when they're younger, like understanding, like, you know, you know, how they're reacting to things, if they're feeling comfortable in a situation, if they're feeling uncomfortable, just following their cues rather than like forcing this family dynamic the first time that they meet your new, your new partner. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, a lot of parents, um, a good parents, you know, and I've, I've dealt with this on my end where, the child is a little bit older and has more feeling negative feelings towards this new person. And then the parent will say, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't proceed. Maybe it was too soon to start dating. I don't think I should do this if my child isn't ready. You also have to remember that just because your child is uncomfortable with it doesn't mean it's a terrible thing. Like mm -hmm. if you, if you do it carefully and slowly and you are aware of your child's feelings and you help them cope you can still move very slowly towards a healthy relationship. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, I've seen people just want to like throw it all away because the kids weren't ready. And then I remind them that like, look, they're not ready because they've processed a lot of change. Exactly. When they're not ready and they're scared, like you have to help them through the fear of showing them what's on the other side of that. And children should see their parents in happy, healthy, loving relationships, especially if in the marriage, the first marriage, things were toxic. You want them to see the other side of that. I totally agree. So when do we introduce? I mean, I mean, I think like, I don't I'm, necessarily- I'm asking that like laughing because there is no set time in my right. mind. I feel like when you're confident in your like feelings and your relationship, like whenever that time comes, whether it's, you know, 
a month or two into the relationship or six months down the line, I think when you know, you kind of know, you know, when you're ready, you know, um, you know, when you feel confident enough to introduce them. I think also like it's important. I know we'll get into like telling your ex, but I think it's also important to have that conversation with your significant, your new significant other to get their sense on things too. Like when are they comfortable meeting your kids? I also want to point out that if you are not ready to introduce a person and they're insisting on it, I see this as a major red flag. Yes. Like the person that you're dating has to kind of abide by your terms when you're a co-parent, because if you're not ready, there's obviously a lot of reasons for that. Maybe you're in the middle of your legal process and you don't want to make things worse with your ex or you're really worried about your children. They're really struggling right now. If that person is pushing, this person will undoubtedly be somebody who adds more stress to your life in the relationship every time you choose to put the kids before them. Just I saying. totally agree with that. Yeah. No, I think, you know, that was like something that didn't come up in my situation, but friends of mine that have dated post-divorce, there was that like push of like, well, when am I going to meet your kids? When am I going to meet your kids? And it's like, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And they need to like respect that and like have some patience through all of this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. It, it's hard. Listen, it's hard dating somebody who is a co-parent because there are so many other factors that may come into play before you. And that's the truth. Yeah. But I think if you are co-parenting and you date another co-parent, they really understand it more. Um, there's less you have to explain, at least in my situation with Spencer, it was like, there was never a question when, if we if we had a date night and his daughter needed him for something at mom's, and or her mom needed him to help with something like there was never a question it was like please go do that because mm -hmm. i want to be afforded the same respect and the same freedom on my end right they're calling it the bible for all divorcing moms i can't believe it but that's what they've said about my book moms moving on real life advice on conquering divorce co-parenting through conflict and becoming your best self Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Did you find like it was because I know your partner is not a co-parent. Right. Um, did you find there were things that he just like didn't understand? I think in the beginning, there was a little bit of that, you know, if there was like unexpected travel on dad's end. And I'm like, like my first reaction is like, yeah, like bring the kids here. And like, it took a while for him to kind of gain that confidence in our relationship. I feel that like, I wasn't, you know, it's not like I, I'm choosing the kids over him because it's not really a choice. Like the kids are always going to come first. And I think he understood that over time, but it definitely was rocky. I would say in the beginning, just like having him understand the dynamic that like, this isn't a personal attack on you. Like 
they're my kids, they're always going to come first. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and and when you give that the children the security of like, even though this new person is here, you're still top Number of the food one. chain. But something something I learned through therapy was, so you do want the kids to feel that they're still number one and super important. However, what's important also for them is to respect that there is sort of like a hierarchy, like Mm -hmm. the relationship sometimes has to come first. And if the relationship is okay, everything else in the house is going to be okay. And like I said, it's like a dance, like it's a fine line between letting your kids run the show and also reminding them that they're still number one. It's tough, man. It is tough. I know. Cause you want them to like have that security that it like, you're always going to be, you're going to be their constant regardless, you know, mom's house, dad's house, like you're always going to be there for them, but then also not like, you know, like you said, they're running the show, but they are in a way. I mean, they are, they always are, They are at least in yeah. our homes. For sure. All right. So the scariest thing ever, mm-hmm. how and when do you tell your ex? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? So, so I think, again, like I think so much of that kind of like so many factors play into that. One being like we've talked about, like, are you still in the legal process? I know like depending on what state you live in, like some divorces, like even if they're like not highly contested, they're like completely amicable, can take like over a year. So it's like, it's kind of a long time, you know, if you want to start dating and things like that. But, you know, do you really want to like stir the pot while you're in the middle of a divorce process? And like, because that's exactly, that's exactly what you will be doing, especially Mm -hmm. if you were the one to, to leave the marriage and your ex is still dealing with the feelings of rejection and pain. Right. And now all of a sudden you're like, hello, I'm Uh in love. Like Uh that inevitably will add fuel to the fire and most likely drag on uh, a legal process that doesn't need to be dragged on. Yes. I, I think that that's something to, to consider, um, in my personal situation, I was so nervous. I don't know Mm -hmm. why, like, I was just like, oh my God, like, he's going to judge me. He's going to like, and we were like, you know, post-divorce, but I probably looking back at it, wish I would have handled it a little differently because, my kids were young. So I wanted, like, I was not going to tell their dad before the kids met him because I'm like, well, what if they meet him and it's like a disaster and like, that's the end. Like just for like my own pride, I didn't want to be like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm introducing the kids to this new guy. And then like, it didn't work out. And then I have to be like, you know, walk of shame, tell him that, you know, just kidding. So I like the kids met my significant other. And then like, of course, we're like, hey, dad. And I was like, oh. so then we, we had the conversation after. <laughs> okay. And if I had to do it all over again, I would totally do it differently. But then it kind of like opened. And I had already known that he was dating, not because he had told me, just because, you know, word gets around. Um, but so that kind of helped soften the blow, I think, a little bit on both ends. Like we knew that the other person was like kind of seeing somebody. So then like I just had the conversation with him. But I did also, you know, we were not in the place we are today in our co-parenting relationship. But I did want to reassure him that like 
you're never going to be replaced as their dad. Mm -hmm. Like you're always going to be their dad. So I think that that was, that was, you know, something that really helped kind of soften the blow. Yeah. And, and, you know, men really need to hear that. Women really need to hear that. Nobody wants to feel replaced as a parent. It is biologically, you know, threatening when someone else is going to be around your children and, you know, potentially helping them get dressed and cooking them breakfast and like all those things really tug at your heart. And so that reminder is huge. And where I think I made the mistake was like not allowing my daughter's father to have the negative feelings towards it. I'm like, why do you care? Like, you know, Mm we weren't supposed to be together anyway, you know, and which was so wrong of me. And I don't know that I placed enough emphasis on those reminders. Uh, Granted, like my attitude has always been, I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. Nobody fostered that for me. My dad never took the initiative. And all I want for Bella is to have a great relationship with her dad. I married him knowing if nothing else, this guy's going to be an amazing dad. And so I wouldn't have wanted anybody to come in between, but I don't want to share more details about my own personal life. What I want to share are some very important things to remember when you do make the decision to share this with your ex, you have to go based off the dynamic of the relationship you already have. If you are conversational and you are amicable, then you want to have this in an amicable conversation. You don't want to send a text that's like, Hey, by the way, Mm -hmm. new dude, new dude, John coming through. Like you don't, you don't want to do that. If you are high conflict and you're in the middle of a contentious legal battle and you are scared of this person's response, you need to think about three things. Is this the right time for this person to hear the the news? Is this the right time for me to share this news? And is this the right time for the kids? Because if things are already high conflict and tense, your kids feel it, then you introduce somebody else, then there's more they have to be stressed out about. So think of those things. But when you do make the decision to tell somebody and you are nervous and you're worried about their response and you don't have an amicable relationship, it has to be very matter of fact. Biff, brief, informative, firm, and friendly, put it in an email or a text. Just wanted to let you know you know, you're, you're giving them the consideration. You are declaring, you are not asking, you don't need anybody's permission and you have to stick by that. And you also have to be prepared to deal with whatever the feelings that come up for this person are. And just Mm -hmm. because they're unhappy with it, or just because they're harassing you about it, um, it doesn't mean that they're terrible people. It means they're having a really hard time dealing with their feelings and you have to allow the space for that. I agree. Even if, you're in like a good place too. I think, you know, opening it up that conversation if they're willing to have it, but if the conversation's too hard for the other, you know, for your ex to have, then maybe you do just keep it like very brief. Like there's this new person, you know, this is like, we've been dating for however long, whatever you want to say to them. And then just kind of like, keep it at that. Um, and then see kind of where that goes. Yeah. Listen, it's, there's no one way to skin this dating after divorce cat. It's it's all a lot of trial and error. I totally agree. And we've we've done it. We've erred and we've trialed. We've I I've definitely <laughs> erred a lot. But like I think that that's like how you learn, how you grow and how you can help other people, you know? Everyone's situation's going to be different, but like if people can learn from the mistakes I made, I'm all for it. Yeah. And if you're sitting here listening to this and you're like on the other end of it where you you're not dating somebody new, but your ex is Mm -hmm. a reminder for you that you are still their primary parent and their number one. 
nobody coming into the mix can change that really. Even if it feels so temporarily because there's like a shiny new toy there and it's exciting, that wears off. Trust me. Yes. I think that that, I mean, that is something that I know we'll get into on one of the episodes in the series, but that was challenging, you know, like, I mean, we both can relate to our ex is having a new significant other regardless of your relationship status it's emotional to say the least it really is it really is um but we will get to that and so many other good things what else what else should we tell the people today jess um i mean i think just like we kind of talked about just like trusting yourself which that's why i do think learning about yourself before you get back into the dating world is so important because if you're going to trust yourself, then you're going to be able to know when the time is right to introduce your kids to, um, to your significant other. But I do like, you know, like we've talked about our kids were a lot younger. I do think it's important if you do have like older kids to like, you know, have that open dialogue, have that open conversation with them leading up to it, you know, after the initial meet and then kind of, you know, throughout the relationship. And I'll say if I had to share one tip, like one major tip about introducing your kids to this new person or introducing this new person to your kids it's ask yourself the why behind the intent. If it is not, like we said, to see the dynamic and and make sure everything flows naturally. If it is because in your mind, you want to recreate a family for your children, you want to have a traditional, you know, two parent house for them. Mm -hmm. and, And you think that playing house is the only way that they're going to be okay. Then you're not ready. That is not the reason why children do not need a two parent dynamic to be okay. You do not need to recreate a family dynamic for them to be okay. What they need is you a strong attachment to you and you being okay first. So consider that if nothing else. I totally think that's the best advice you could give someone. Well, thanks, Jess. You're so welcome. I like podcasting with you. I love this. This is fun. I can't wait for the next one. What are we talking about on the next one? Well, I think on the next one, we're going to talk about if and when you move in together and how to approach that. Yeah. Which been there, done that. Yes. I, I went there and did that just before the pandemic. And then we were all locked down together. Then you got really close and you just... It it was all rainbows and butterflies, let me tell you. You guys Uh will just have to stick around and come back for the next one to hear about it. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions about dating after divorce, blending a family, moving on, you know where to send them. Info at momsmovingon.com. Check out Jess on the gram. MMO Coach Jess. Follow me, do all the things. We'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. Thank you. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents 
and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.